You're listening to a main session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Come on, can we thank Jesus just for a second? Come on, can we say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Father. I have the distinct privilege, you can be seated, of introducing the next speaker, who I know very well. Wendy Perez uh, is the founder, along with myself, of Church LV. We founded it in 2003, 16 years ago. I could tell you how great a communicator she is, and you will see that in just a moment. I could tell you that she is gifted in so many ways. I, I always joke with people, I'm a one-string guitar. I could yell, but my wife is a 10-string guitar. She could lead worship. She could prophesy, she could preach. She's a cultural architect of Church LV. She's an amazing mother, incredible wife, a leader of leaders. And I could tell you all that, but that would be something that you could observe just by watching her publicly. But I just wanted to share with you something privately. The public is great, but you gotta build your life privately to sustain it publicly. And what you don't know is that my wife will get up many times and I'll just I'll start hearing this worship going on. I'm like, why are you worshiping? Why are you singing? What's the reason? We've been married 20 years and there's not a day that goes by that this incredible woman is spending time with Jesus. Just, just being happy. And you have to be happy being married to me. Because sometimes I'm a robber of joy. Come on, not the giver of it. <laughs> and before you judge me, let me ask your spouse. <laughs> and so I've observed her both privately, and I'm so proud of her, because really, it really is about Jesus with my wife. And I want you, Art, to honor an incredible speaker, leader, come on, part of the lead team here. And I just want to say, come on, Wendy, let's bring it. We're excited for you. Let's go. Come on, Art. Hey, before you're seated, could you just stand up? Just can we just thank, you know, Dino, Delin, Mark, Becca, all of the amazing individuals that just put this conference on. They pray, come on, they seek God, they plan for hours. I think it's very appropriate that we would just give honor to whom honor is due, amen? Okay, you can sit down, you can sit down. Thank you, Mr. Piano Player. I feel very anointed, but you can come back later. Uh, I have such an amazing opportunity um, here today because I don't think that I ever thought I could have the opportunity to honor a particular pastor that is here. I have gone and attended four churches in my life, um, grew up in one, planted one with my family and parents. And then when I moved to Vegas, before we planted Church LV, I went to an incredible church called Central Christian. And the pastor at Central Christian was none other than Pastor Gene Apple. And here I was, a little charismaniac little girl, who thought that, you know, you had to have three-hour services and people had to be on the floor for the Spirit of God to move. And I sat under his teaching for two years. 
I sat in a family room. That's where I learned about having a family room with my little toddler, you know, and I just sat there and I observed and I remember even coming home to Benny and saying, hey, you know, we need to redefine what revival looks like because I saw so many people come to Jesus. So I'm just so honored to say thank you to you, Pastor Gene, so much. All right, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. You got them, you got them. Maybe they're glowing. Open up to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10. I am gonna be reading out of the Passion Translation today, so don't tune me out, all Bible snobs in this place, okay? My cousin already gives me enough grief about it. Um, but, all right, open up to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, I think it'll be on the screens behind me. Great, great story that we'll be talking about today. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha. She had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus. This has got to be like a first in Jesus' life. She interrupted Jesus, said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? Stop. This is like ancient times, okay? Like the sister is right there. This isn't passive aggressive. This is aggressive aggressive. <laughs> you should tell her. Now she's going to interrupt Jesus. Now she's going to boss him around. She's literally telling the son of God what to do. You got to love this woman. You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. He loved her so much. Closest female relationships that Jesus had besides his family. Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing. Say one thing. Say it one more time. Say one thing. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege or this access away from her. My husband is a type A, and I am a creative. Can I get a shout for all the creatives? Love you. You know, we make it fun. We, we would be poor if we ruled the world. Thank God for the type A's, right? They make the money so we can spend it. Super, super grateful. I'm not a particularly organized person, you know, but he'll tell me things, I'll forget them. And uh, one day he told me that we were having an appraisal at the end of the week, but sure enough, the morning came for the appraisal. I was not prepared, totally unprepared. I'm not the tidiest of persons anyway. I wouldn't exactly call myself a dirty individual, but I'm just very unorganized. Like Marie Kondo could probably come live at the house for a year. I mean, it, it might take her that long to get it, you know, organized. So I am like a whirlwind of activity running through my house, stuffing things into cabinets, trying to get ready because I'm also a perfectionist. So I want it to look perfect. People think that perfectionists always do everything perfect, but that's not true. Perfectionists don't do anything unless they can do it perfect. So there's a whole lot of things I don't do. 
So here I am running like a maniac through my house, you know, stuffing things here and there and just, you know, totally feeling frustrated. I get it all done. The guy comes over. He takes pictures. We get through it. The kids are out of the house. Everything's peaceful and quiet. I'm sitting in a chair I never sit in because normally it has dry cleaning and various items of clothing and the, the pillows that you're supposed to put on the bed when you make it. You don't actually sleep on those pillows. They're just the decorative ones, but they never quite make it off this particular chair. So I'm sitting in this chair and I'm looking around and my house is beautiful and it's peaceful and it's amazing. I'm having these, all these great feelings. And my husband walks in the room and I go, why can't we live like this? And he says, Wendy, I gave up living like this a long time ago. My kids, who I have kicked out of the house at this time, and my dog come home, right? And even though they just ate, they, they feel the need that they have to eat some more and mess up the kitchen. And then Max, the dog, gets the chew toys out. And all of a sudden, this beautiful oasis, this peacefulness, this fulfillment, this joy, everything that I was feeling is completely shattered, and it's gone. And I realized in that moment... That if my fulfillment or my joy or my peace was tied to organizational skills, which aren't bad. Dear God, thank you for those of you that are organized. You could minister to me and come to my house. Grateful for you. Grateful for those of you that help us prioritize our life. So thankful for from self-help book to the leadership books to all of these things. But unfortunately, the fulfillment is never in the doing. The fulfillment can only be found in the being. I love this story. Really, this story is a snapshot of the gospel. If you want to like take one Instagram post and say, this is what the gospel is. That's what, this is what Luke is writing about. And he's using some of Jesus' closest women that he loves with all of his heart. And we see this story, Jesus is coming in to the house and Martha is running around like a crazy person like I was on that day, trying to do all of these things, going up, interrupting Jesus, bossing Jesus around. Hey, Jesus, tell my sister to get up and to help me. And Jesus just turns to her with so much love in his eyes. You know, we can never separate Jesus' love for humanity or superimpose a tone that he didn't use. He loved her so much. He looked at her, he's beckoning her to come. You see, nowhere in this story does anyone ever ask Martha to do what she's doing. So she's running around because of some kind of expectation, whether in her spirit, whether it's an internal expectation, whether it's like, like she's trying to prove something wrong. Somebody said something about who she is and what she should do. So she feels this internal expectation, whether it's an external expectation, like I got to one up myself. I'm telling you, if we want to burn out in ministry, make it all about our preaching, because if we make it all about our if we rise and fall on the affirmation of the people in regards to our communication gift, I'm telling you, you want to deal with anxiety. There you go. So we don't know if it was like an, an external thing where it was like just trying to please people, just trying to get it done. 
Maybe it was a cultural expectation that she was giving into. It would have been extremely acceptable for a woman in this day to do what she's doing. Whereas Mary, Mary's in the posture of a student of a disciple. Would have been unheard of for a woman of this day to be accounted for among the students and the disciples of Jesus. But this is where we find her sister. And I just speak to all of us. Sometimes we can hide behind the cultural and social expectations of where we live instead of stepping out and being the unique individual that God created us to be. Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you pulled away? Why are you distracted by all these many things? Mary has chosen this one thing most important. You know, I think that we should pay attention when out of the mouth of our Lord Jesus, he says this one thing is most important. This one thing is most important. This one thing is most important. And what is he talking about? What is the one thing that he is talking about? Is it just absorbing more learning or more understanding? No, it's just being with him. Our youth pastor she told an incredible story, her and her husband, they had just newly been married and her uh, brother-in-law is on an NBA team. And so soon after they got married, they took a trip to go to the stadium to see her brother-in-law play. And they got invited into the family suite of the stadium. And in the family suite, I mean, they had, they had just this spread of beautiful food, you know, everything's organic and fresh pressed juices and, you know, nothing's prepackaged. And I mean, it's just like all of this beautiful spread just gorgeous. And so she grabs a plate and she gets, you know, some of her food and she grabs the juice and grabs the water. And she turns around to tell her husband that she's going to go down into this, this, this area with her family to find her over there. And when she turns around, the story gets me every time because this would be my husband. And when she turns around, there's her husband. He's got two plates. He's got cookies in one pocket. He's got chips in the other pocket. He's got a bottle of water back here and a juice back here. He's trying to grab more stuff. Follow her. She's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And she said this, everyone had access, but only Michael took advantage of it. about being more organized, but you know, it's over. So whatever, but let's improve ourselves. Let's hone skills. Let's use our talent and use our gift. But if we are looking for the peace, if we are looking for the grace, if we are looking for the joy, if we are looking for the fulfillment, the security and the confidence, there's only one place that that can be found. And it's right here at the feet 
have to stay here. And what is this place? Because Aaron said it so beautifully, I couldn't have said it. I mean, honestly, we, we didn't even talk before this moment, and I'm always amazed at just the beauty of the Holy Spirit as someone comes back to the keyboards. Because... That was smooth, huh? I'm just good like that. What is this place? This is not a place of petition. It's not a place of talking. You ever gone to eat with someone and they just never stop talking? And then they get done, they say, this was so good, we should do it again. You're like, quiet, it's the still. It's the awkward silence. We've been married 20 years. And the beauty of a relationship with so many years is we don't always have to fill every moment of silence with talking. We just enjoy being. Can we be with him? It's where I find my identity, my security, my peace, my joy. It's with in being with him. Because if we think at the size of the church or the platform that we get to preach on, If we think the level of influence or amount of Instagram followers, if we think that the clothes we wear or the getting married or finally becoming the lead pastor, if we think that that somehow changes us and brings us that fulfillment, we will be chasing the wind for the rest of our lives. We have to do the work here. Oh, I'm telling you, otherwise, oh, this is really, really dangerous on this high stage. If we don't. If we don't. Be assured. The anxiety the frustration, the burnout, the lack of joy. It will be overwhelming. But if we do the work here, when the opportunity comes, when growth happens, it will be out of an overflow and we'll be able to enjoy it for what it's worth, but not elevate it as an idol in our life above our relationship with who he is. I wanna pray for you in my closing moments. I wanna pray for you. Maybe you're struggling with some of those expectations in your life. We don't know why Martha was doing the things that she was doing. Maybe someone said something to you as you were growing up. 
Maybe you were just a young child. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a pastor. And if you're honest, there is an internal, continued iPod repeat in your head. And you're constantly trying to prove those words wrong. Maybe you're in hiding today. Maybe you're just living up and you're just wanting to fit in and you're just, you're just trying to be socially acceptable and you just kind of don't want to rock the boat and you know, let's just kind of be middle of the road, but God's calling you out. He wants to do a new thing with you. He's put something in your heart that is just going to help change and, and, and innovate maybe the church, but you're hiding behind what's just socially acceptable. Maybe you're in the rat race today and it's weekend after weekend and how good did I do and how many people said, wow, that was amazing and how many people retweeted it and you're just having to outdo yourself. And you just, it's like you created it, but you want to get out of it. Maybe you're struggling with any of those things or maybe just a re-up saying, man, Jesus, I just, I need to learn to be with you again. There's been hands all morning. There's been a lot of good prayers already. But if any of those things, if you just want to signal heaven right now, just between you and Jesus, I just want you to lift your hand. No, I didn't say bow your heads. I said, just lift your hand. You know why? Because I opened my eyes the last two prayer times where everybody bowed their heads. And I actually think that it would be incredibly freeing if we looked around and we realized that we are absolutely not alone because one of the greatest lies of the enemy is telling us that we are the only one and we're not. Let me pray for you if you have your hand raised right now. And even if you didn't have the guts to raise it, it's okay too. There's nothing magical about raising your hand. Father, I thank you so much for every single individual in here. And Lord, they may be struggling with some motivations in their life, but God, you are their source. You are their strength and you are everything that they need. So I ask right now, I ask for a touch of heaven in their soul. Lord, I ask that you would come in and you would invade their space. I speak to your mind in the name of Jesus. I say, peace be still. Lord, I thank you that you are giving them the helmet of salvation. That is the hope of the future, that you have a future and a hope for them that you are at work at their life, Lord, and that they can wake up every morning looking to their future with great expectation because you are their God. Lord, I pray that you would draw like a deer that pants for the water, draw their heart back to you. Lord, that there would be an insatiable desire to be in the presence of Jesus, that we would be addicted to being with you. Now I speak every bit of condemnation and shame off them in Jesus' name. You are their source. And Lord, I thank you that we are all on a journey of grace and hope with you. Seal these words in our heart. And may we go back to our congregations, to our families, to our communities changed. In Jesus' name, come on, if you believe that, say amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. 
Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming art conference, visit artconference.com.